What's going on, everybody? It's me, Asad Hashimali, back again with another episode of Behind the Grind. And this time, I've got my partner in crime. Except we don't do any crime. We do business the legal way. It's Nagin Ansari, everybody. Nagin, how are you? I am good, Asad. Very happy to be here. Dressed up for this. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Good, so- actually. I'm glad. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been a while since Behind the Grind started off, and um, just uh, even though you weren't guest number one or two, um, I actually wanted to bring in the heavyweights at a later point. You know, bring in the cool people, bring in the people who actually have a who have a solid story to share uh, with their experiences. So that's why now the next few episodes of Behind the Grind are also going to be out with the bang. I have a lot of like solid stuff in there. So. Uh, for all those listening, Nagin Ansari is my partner at Backspace. She is the backbone of this company. She is the reason why uh, I'm still sane and live and able to kick ass. Uh, collectively, we kick ass and we do some solid work. I think she also thinks so. Uh, don't answer that if you if you think otherwise, Nagin. But um, no, so. For all those listening, again, behind the grind is that show uh, where I sit with people who have done cool things uh, in their past, continue to do cool things on a regular basis. People who have an awesome story to share, and also, most importantly, are just well-rounded uh, and solid individuals who I think, who I personally think, have a lot to share to the world. So this is also not just a show for me to learn something new, but also for an opportunity for everyone to learn something new. Um, Nagin. You have around 15 to 20 years worth of experience in the ad sector, in the marketing, in, uh, in advertising, in designing, uh, and your interests and the way you work are in two completely different platforms, in two different areas altogether, I think. So before we get into, just to give you, just to give you a little heads up, we're going to take this conversation in a series of steps. So first, let's start off back from when you were even younger than me, when you had just entered university or maybe when you had gone out of university. At that point in time, did you ever think that you would have uh, started a career in advertising? Um, not at all, no. I actually never wanted to be in advertising. And I think I'm, the term advertising puts me off. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, no. It's not a term I associate with. I feel like uh, I've always loved words and I have a degree in design. So those two things to me uh, help people share what they're doing, help. And I feel very, very motivated to, to you know, um, I actually feel very um, empathetic towards people who really, really want to share what they're doing and, and are stuck with either words or in presentation. And I just jump in and I want to help them that kind of, is what I feel advertising, you know, should be the essence of it, the very, very human essence of it. Yeah. So the term advertising, not so fond of it, no. So when you, when you actually uh, were a kid, did you ever think that um, advertising or even, uh, well, let's, let's call it, let's, let's say the creative world, um, because I know that you don't confine yourself into these different uh, disciplines or these different areas also. I think you're a very free-spirited individual. Did you ever think that you would take this route in, in, in design in particular? No, not really. I didn't. I, I thought I'd be into arts or something, but creating things or something. Creativity, not designs, you know. 
I actually found design to be just something that helps aesthetics and so that's great but not like a profession or or something i would just take up like that no mhm so other than knowing you for a couple of years now also and going through your linkedin uh fun fact for everyone one fine day nagin messaged me saying that why are you looking at my linkedin profile and that's when i sent all these questions for behind the grind just to prepare for this a little better but how about you walk yeah. us through that how would you walk yeah, us through that journey yes. you would you would your profile yeah that was yeah. something Yeah. So I want you walk us through that journey. You were in KGS and then from KGS you went to uh in this valley. Right? So how was that yeah, time so for you? I, I um I was originally at St Joseph's convent where my entire family went for generations. My mother, mm-hmm. all my khalas is that. So the convent uh experience does something to you. It you know, it does these trademark sort of um traits i think personality traits that that are given to you at a convent the fact that you are very very aware of right and wrong the fact that you are very self critical the fact that you're very disciplined the fact that you are hard working and cannot possibly probably cannot tolerate laziness there these are some things that you know now that i'm in my late 30s i meet people at uh, you know there's there's somebody sitting at a meeting and i i look at them and i think that's good work ethic and you we get to talking and we find out oh convent oh con so i mean convent is usually jesus and mary but even st joseph's uh, a lot of the you know seniors we had a lot of the people we've been around uh, as alumni um i think st joseph's kind of the teachers we had really played a big role and the one thing it gave me was the gift of reading and i think that is if you give one gift to somebody is to get them to love to read because all the books that i read when i was 11 12 13 14 they helped me they helped me every day literally i don't know how else to put it it's not even a cliche or a quote they actually helped me mm, this the funny thing is that um, when lockdown happened and people started to talk about mental illness i immediately thought of this book which i had read it was called the long walk and it was one of the very like random pieces of russian literature that i don't think very many people know of and that book was about a person walking and just the perseverance just human spirit and resilience and i think a lot of those themes run through russian literature and i really really i changed you know when i read that book i realized how much we are capable of so St Joseph's gave me that. Um I went to KGS for A levels. It was great exposure. Met a lot of good people, made good friends, great teachers. Lots of literature again, Urdu, English. Um we were surprisingly the first batch to do Urdu literature uh for A levels. Like I think in Karachi, we were the first and I was the first person to take it also. i remember the urdu teacher at uh, kgs mrs riyas saying aap aapki naam se hum bismillah kar rahe type so you know to this day she looks at me very fondly and she's and uh, i should probably look her up and find her and say hello yeah so that was kgs uh, then i went to indus because um, i had an elder sister who was at indus and my parents told me that i should do the same i actually wanted to study psychology that has really? been my yeah lifelong dream and uh, i was not allowed to because i think everybody felt it would for a for a creative person you know it's a little bit scary that they're going to get 
they're already overthinking and then they're going to go into psychology and then what if they you know how do you contain a person like that that was a, I was a rebellious kid so i think my parents thought it's the safe you know route to take just follow your elder sister i wanted to go to nc but my mother wanted me close to home so mm-hmm. yeah I went to Indus, and the reason I went to Indus was Indus was offering tabla classes, and I wanted to learn very, very desperately wanted to learn how to play the tabla, and that didn't happen because when I joined, they said tabla classes are off as of this semester. So I was really disappointed. I was very unhappy to be at Indus initially, and then you know the work started, and then it was just the work for me. Great experiences, lovely memories. lots of learning very very difficult also and uh, yeah and i did not want to go into advertising i actually didn't know what i would do after indus but um, on my graduation day while i was still in the graduation robe i got a call from um, the ceo of adcom and they told me to come in to just meet and i said i'm not interested and they said no uh, just come have a conversation so um, uh-huh. yeah then i that was advertising certainly i was in it i was in the deep end i was working um adcom was like an institution i feel so i i think the addictive part of of the experiences i've stuck with is the fact that i've i've been learning there and i think the things that you know you you get bored of other ones that you're just applying yourself to and you're not really growing yeah because as long as you're going this is weird discomfort there's this weird you know tension almost and that is amazing i i love that even now like now the challenge of um, working with kids and now to top it off you know from mm-hmm. home under lockdown i think that excites me because i know i don't know how to do it and that excites me you know brilliant so yeah yeah so, that's when it uh, I, i've also um, i mean adcom was one but there was obviously uh, adcom was like another 3 to 4 years of uh, hardcore training for for you know creativity and for design and for pure advertising because that was a very fast growing advertising agency so um after that i went for a bit i got married while i was there and i went for a bit to blitz ddb which was another very interesting place to work at um and then the next sort of job i had was at idea simple which uh, to quote the words of irfan amir who who founded idea simple uh, which was the next best thing to having my own thing my own agency of sorts because i got to run it almost and uh, that was again 5 years of great learning mm-hmm. in which i had my second job. and then there's backspace yeah wow in a nutshell mm-hmm. This is like the entire episode of Behind the Grind in like five minutes. I love it. Uh, yeah. Let, I said, do you remember the first time we were in front of a ca- like where there was a camera between us? This is exactly what happened. This is exactly what happened. I remember. This I exactly remember very I clear. In, yeah, and I asked you, is that something you want me to say? And you said, that's it. You're done. I said, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and so for everyone, just give you a little. Sorry. That's great because we can talk about other things now. You know, I don't like spotlight so much. I know, but it's okay. So just to give everyone a little context to this last part of what Nagin said, Nagin came into Cedar when I was still working there. She was uh, she she was a core course instructor over there, 
and she came in because we were creating these promotional videos to to show to the students. And I sat her down uh, in the principal's room, uh, put her behind the desk, asked her to just explain what it is and like go free with it. Like I don't really care. I'm not gonna ask you to repeat things. Uh, she did it, and I was like, "Great, okay, thank you, bye." It's like, "What? That's that's it?" I was like, "Yeah." In two minutes, it was done. And she's also then waiting around. She's outside. She's like, "That's the quickest, one of the quickest shoots, probably. I'm sure that you must have seen happen ever." Also, amazing, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were gonna divorce or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's how I do. It's all natural. Uh, even this, by the way, it's, it's one take, right? That's how you do. But again, so I want to go back actually to the point that you mentioned about convent and uh, the work ethic, actually, because this is something where uh, we 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 align a lot. You said work ethic. You use the word grit. You use the word resilience and perseverance also from your lessons from the long walk. Um, yeah. All of these, I think, are traits which we don't necessarily see very often also in people, or it develops over time. I don't mean to say that people. everyone has to be born with that level of uh, resilience and that grit and that mindset to excel and to push forward or to be disciplined towards what they do they of course they learn that over time but for you yourself and you always bring up your german upbringing also not to say that you are german but like you grew up in germany and you always somehow bring that connection back that this influence so so shed some light over there that how do you feel that your childhood experiences um formed you and then how are you trying to bring that into your kids also um okay so two things i said one you know so the german bit um well i i wasn't really raised there i was born there my parents lived there for a very long time and i think what happened subconsciously or unconsciously was um they figured out that there are some things the germans do better and so they adopted them Mm-hmm. and uh some of them perhaps um i wouldn't you know carry forward um surprisingly this is one of the questions that i was asked when i went for my child's interview when he got into school uh i was asked what part of your parenting would you uh you know the way you were raised how what part of it would you continue and what part would you change and i, I and i think that discipline or um the ability to you know to see things objectively the ability to see beauty as duty and to see uh you know the rest of it as you know to have that kind of control is something that my parents instilled in me they they made me you know they made me resilient just by being resilient and just by encouraging it you know throughout life it was not something that was just lectured it was that they lived it i saw them being resilient i realized this is how you're supposed to be i was not allowed to you know um we were never we were never had conversations like if everybody is uh you know so so i was in class 2 i'll, I'll narrate an incident and this is one of those is it rare occasions when you can actually do that um I was in class two. Uh, we were writing some article, and I clearly remember it because it really, it really, you know, impacted me. Uh, the teacher said, "Write an essay on what you do in a day, right?" And so she said, "What's the first thing you do when you wake up?" And I said, "I make my bed. I fix the sheets." And and the whole class started laughing at me. 
and uh, there were some kids who were sitting in front of me who I knew came from slightly, you know, affluent or so to say, mm-hmm. spoiled background. Um, and when they laughed at me, I felt very hurt as a, you know, seven-year-old uh, bacha would. And I said, what, you don't make your bed in the morning? And she said, that's just so funny. And they laughed and laughed. And I went home to my mother and I said, you know, you make us make our beds in the morning and nobody in class does that. And she said, that has nothing to do with what other people in class do. It's what you're supposed to do for life. You sleep, you get up and you make, and I said, okay. And, and so many years later, there are articles now that I come across which say that there are literally articles which say, make your bed, you know, on how to be a CEO. And it will say, make your bed, wake up in the morning and do these simple things. And so in those ways of life, there were these amazing lessons that we picked up, you know, at home. And I I think the German um, influence is about things like, you know, um, punctuality, respecting someone's time, where my parents didn't budge. They were very, very particular and so were we. And I think that helped me because I was, you know, perceived by other people who, who, you know, who, who feel those are great values to have. And when they, when they see those, they recognize you as one of them. And, and so invisibly it has been helping me. Uh, it has been helping me in so many ways. And I'm so glad that I have those, uh, you know, unplanned kind of, um, so, uh, so to speak habits, um, and ways of looking at the world. The one part I wouldn't take forward maybe is the emotional, is the lack of expression. I feel like that's something that I have seen in a lot of Germans. So, so it's not just that my, you know, my uh, parents lived there. There, we had other German, uh, you know, na- German sort of culture in our family. There were uncles who were married to Germans who still are, you know, they visit all the time. And so we kind of had an idea about how different they are from Pakistanis and from Desis. And so there was very little, uh, and it's not to say that they're not pleasant people and or or you know jovial or or very you know hosp- hospitable, hospitable, yeah. Yeah, that's it. Just <laughs> uh, that they they I feel um, they have a certain strength about them, you know, that they will say that okay, it is strong to be uh, not expressive, and and I don't agree with that. As I grow up, I realize that you know I I like the desi concept because end of the day the whole world is now looking for ways to uh, you know to vent and to ventilate feelings and to discuss feelings and to face them and to and so all the emotion intelligence that is in the world uh, is is pointing in the direction of sharing how you feel and it's okay to feel and it's okay to cry and um, so I'm not at all sort of saying that generalizing German culture with it but I feel like that's something my parents maybe because of their own experiences, uh, they picked up and they instilled in the house, and I kind of don't agree very fully with that, you know. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, 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 and again, like with all these lessons that you've uh, learned growing up, also, and then um, how you want your children also to grow up. What's been something which always and which continues to inspire me about you specifically is that you're managing all of this while uh, being a mother 
and you have taken your kids to work you've taken your family to work and you brought your work to your family also so now coping with uh, the the virus and the lockdown and we're all working from home before we work from home you were already also working from home you would come in for an hour or two every day and zoop go pick up the kids and then home and feed them and do all that and then put them to bed and then back on calls again at night how has that been how did you get that uh, like you know that 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 jazba also to end up doing it so i said i think anyone who gets an opportunity to do that would do that i've been very lucky uh, i've had people who have understood that okay they've understood they've seen through the the sort of the restrictions i have and they have seen them as restrictions and they have identified and trusted that i really want to do what you know i want to work and when i was employed i think i was lucky um, so it's not that everybody has understood it's that i have also been turned away from places who where i i for example needed uh, needed to you know had bills to pay and i would want to keep a job there were people who said very you know bluntly who were not even open for a conversation they said uh, we don't have a policy of um, you know just having people come in part time so sorry you know and then i have been lucky enough to have people who um, so idea simple was an example because that was my very first experience and um, my sister met irfan amir because she worked in the same building in a in a different place um, so she came and told me that there's somebody who said that if your sister has worked at atcom and 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 is uh, free and has a kid so she can't do like a full time job um i'm open to having her part time or something and this was someone who didn't know me who didn't know how i how you know what kind of a you know work ethic i possess and i said uh, no i can't i my child is one i was a first time mother i didn't know what to do i had nobody to leave him with and uh, so it took a lot of courage and tears and um you know leaping into something you don't know it was very difficult to do but i got lucky because he said to me you can come in for an hour thrice a week and i said i don't know because i have nobody in my family has used a daycare ever so i've left him at a daycare and i can't breathe right now i said this to him and i think it was my honesty or my you know being so blunt he said um, you know what bacche pal jate it's it's your first kid he's little it's difficult but it's believe me he's going to be fine and he didn't need to say that he could have just judged me and said okay fine then you know why are you here but he didn't so i've been very lucky that way and and you know that was thrice a week one hour uh many of those when i w- i would be leaving my kid uh crying and i would come out and i would cry i would have to actually stop myself from crying because i didn't know if i was doing the right thing but uh you know what it it worked out because um because of the same thing because if you keep trying to do something and you don't give up on it it works you have to believe in it you know it's um 
it's as theatrical as it sounds but that's how my life has been so I, I it's worked and and that wasn't the only person i this is the second time so i work with this place called ithika capital which you know about and um, uh, the same thing happened with saad faruqi and he said you can work from anywhere i don't mind these are the things that need to be done this you can come and meet us for you know this many hours a week and you can build a team and so at that point ethica capital didn't even have a logo and now they have multiple websites and they've grown in the past 3 to 4 years and i've built a team and you know uh, things are exactly what sad said they would be i i didn't know but i thought if he's with me on it then i'm fortunate then then what excuse do i have to say i can't do this and of course there are days when i say that for to which my husband is witness but then again i'm lucky that way he understands that you know it's just me having a bad day or i'm exhausted or you know i just need to get over it and i'll be okay tomorrow and and that's what keeps me going i think it's very simple i think anyone who loves what they do and gets an opportunity just would do it you know and the sad thing is asad the sad thing is and this is something i feel very strongly about and i would love to you know discuss this with you um, and we and we do talk about it which is um and and so the last time i wrote an article on this uh, was in aurora and i wrote a work from home article and it's, it's very strange that you know lockdown happened and that article keeps coming back to me and it spoke about things like trust that you know employers need to believe that someone who is saying they will do something they need to develop that sense they need to understand and discriminate and discern that there is a person who looks eager who has a good track record who is hungry and is also you know um dedicated is not just doing this for the money is also passionate about what they do is good at what they do all of those people deserve the opportunity to do it and sadly i feel there's like a handful of people you know who would say it's okay you can work whenever wherever because your reasons are real you you need to go home your child is important your child needs you or is sick you know i've had people around me siblings cousins you know women who have very little children who are have kids throwing up on them while they're on a meeting with their boss and they can't put the phone down because they just can't say it it has happened to me too i i have had a miscarriage and and after it i have called up office and i have heard things like um it's too bad you can't come in today there was a lot of work very sorry to hear that but you know there's a lot of work let's discuss it tomorrow if you can come in tomorrow and and i've i've faced that and ex- experienced that kind of inhuman treatment and so it's just it's just the mindset you see it's it is it doesn't mean that they work better or earn better or retain better or you know anything those companies can change their mindset and that should be a challenge they should be ready to accept and that's how they should grow you know and i hope that i can live up to it and i hope that i can you know for the rest of the years i have this is one of my invisible fights i want this to change in pakistan and in karachi and i know so many women so many of my friends are sitting home because kaise jaye bachcha hai ghar ke kaam hai you know or or their bad days when you know you've just had it you can't 
and nobody understands that at work you get fired you get you know insulted you nobody understands it you you're tired of defending and explaining and covering up so you give up on it right so yeah it's just human it's just empathy that's that's lacking and that's something i think at backspace you and i are very very conscious of we really yeah. want to keep that right and we've had these co- that's whoa i had no idea about that and that that's actually kind of like cheese me off right now with what um with how with how actually the workplace can end up looking and how the workplace ends up being formed and i think that i don't know if you remember this but uh, this was one of the observations that i had about the the pandemic and the lockdown starting globally before it even got to pakistan that mm. one thing that's going to come out of this is insaniyat ke log abhi insaan ban jayenge wapas and wo jo trust tha wo jo bharosa tha wo wapas aane wala hai logon mein and i think this is that opportunity for all of us i think that if if whether or not you're an employer whether or not you're uh, uh working for um a, a poor in a poor work culture you need to have that empathy with people which was lacking for a very long time and i think that it's it's jolted us a little bit to start get, getting that back and even now like what you're saying about us with backspace i for correct me if i'm wrong culture is more important trust environment empathy is more important for us than that than that strict deliverable than that strict deadline than that target that has to be met yeah. even we don't have targets like we don't believe in that kind of a system also mm. you know and so, so also because as at the work we do so so creative work and i'm sure you have enough what you call hippies all around you to yeah. to now know that if you are struggling with an idea and you're coming up with mediocre ideas because you're just not happy you're not inspired you're not feeling it uh, or you're not comfortable ac nahi chal raha garmi lag rahi hai and uh, so my students at indus valley made a lot of fun of me when i told them this but every creative person has obviously a zone or a or a space or some level of comfort they need physically also obviously mentally emotionally but also even basic maslow's hierarchy of needs type right mm-hmm. um so so if you if you are running a creative agency and you don't understand that people need to be happy and comfortable then then you know um you need to learn a few things right you need to yeah. improve those so yeah employers are going to be able to see and give merit you know it's it's give people credit for the things they actually do and the people who work will stand out from those who really don't contribute much because yeah. everyone is looking really closely at you know productivity and contribution and you know things like how how much how self motivated are you and and things like that uh, which should actually have been part of any you know should be part of every company regardless but right now they're really really uh so that is something that if you create a work from home culture uh despite lockdowns and you allow people to work virtually google has this huge virtual workforce right and growing and they talk about it all the time and there's so many women with kids who are employed um you know world over and they they are very very productive and there is even some research to prove that women who have young kids are so aggressive and so tenacious about their time that they are 
the most focused people to have in your meeting because they will have no bullshit they will see through it they will call somebody out they will say not going to work so they will not be there to flatter anyone or to you know to just stroke someone's ego or or anything they're going to be it will be about the work and it will be focused all the time and i've i felt it too uh, if i've had to go meet you know it really hurts the small talk before a meeting that is a very typical pakistani corporate culture thing sorry to say or aap sunaye nawaz sharif bin nazir zardari you know the imran khan like 10 15 minutes of a meeting gone by samosa chai you know jalebi and i don't know so so it it's just something in our culture that i would so so that's where the german thing comes in because that part i i have actually been a little rude at some points and said you know okay so i have to leave you know can if if it's okay can we just get to this part and then you guys continue because you know so yeah, yeah. um so yeah that's going to start so the real things are going to start to matter under lockdown and i hope yeah. that that's that means a good thing for virtual work as well mhm so yeah, let's 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 pivot away actually a little bit but still stay on the on this uh area of the lockdown um yeah. how is it, how has it been for for you as a mother during this time coupled with the fact mm. that you are also a faculty member at IVS So yeah. there's a lot more to juggle with that time with family all around. So how has that been for you? It's been tough, Asad. Um, there are days, you know, yeah, when know. Um, when things don't get done, and that really hurts me. So in turn, I don't sleep well because I feel like, you know, I'm just chasing this train. and it's what i guess leads to things like anxiety and you know um i've been called a phirki many times you know phirki is this desi toy which is like a lattu but it's mm-hmm. it just spins like endlessly um yeah so so it's been tough very very tough um they've been really bad days but then there have been somewhat better days and uh, the the so the teaching bit is difficult on another level it's not difficult because uh, you know you have to sit down and teach or because i really enjoyed the part about taking a course which was supposed to be taught in studio and then converting it into an online course because i i loved the fact that we now have to exactly go by learning objective and then see which parts of it i actually even made a little diagram just to explain it to myself and my students that these are the parts that we have a gap in you know so the human interaction the me reading their faces when i say something i know they've understood or i know they completely don't get it so i would keep talking about it so those facial cues we read or you see someone with a body language which makes you feel you need to go up to them and talk to them about how their work is going or or spend 5 minutes and drag a chair and sit next to their desk all of that now cannot be done so though it's actually this part was very interesting the part that got very difficult and is still driving me crazy is the fact that students are so not motivated in this environment mm-hmm. they they're having so much trouble uh you know keeping that focus alive and and actually really you know getting shaking this off and saying okay you know i 
this is my work i just have to read this i have to study this i have to design this um they, they they're having trouble being very focused about it and and that's natural but that's been a challenge for me i have been trying to you know talk to them and motivate them where i can share reading you know share material with them but with creative children i think it's a little difficult because they are very sensitive they feel all the pain of the whole world is you know so they get overwhelmed and most of them are like that and that just it makes it difficult you know to 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 focus on just the work itself so there's a lot else going on and that that's draining as a teacher but it's also it makes me feel responsible and so i'm going to keep trying and i hope that it turn out you know they end the semester learning if mm. no, if not the same even maybe even more you know because if they went through this then they get through and then they're okay that they're, they're very sorted for life and that, this is a situation where they can thrive in also this is that make or break type moment in their lives they yeah and you can tell you can tell the ones yeah. that are focused the ones that want to learn the ones that are dying to learn they will call you up they will leave you whatsapp messages separately they will they will share things they will read things when you send them and then they're the ones who say okay you know but you didn't tell me but i didn't understand yeah i didn't do it because i didn't get time so you know you that also which is i'm saying merit you know actual your actual clear transparency is going to start happening now you can't fool so many people for so long people will see through it right so yeah interesting times but what about with the kids at home how has that been they've got school oh. they had they had school going on from home right they did but now it's over and uh, the school part was crazy uh, so so the older one because he's 10 he manages pretty much on his own but the younger one uh, i've had to sit with and you know it's it's been difficult yeah it, not because the work was difficult but because you have to take that hat off you know and then put that hat on and really really slow down and just you know trace numbers on a screen for yeah. 15 minutes from 1 to 10 in the middle of work day that's a major hat shifting yeah very tough and not to mention that you know you've got the pakistani wife gold roti pressure on you you know mm. there is a whole roti culture that you got to make not that my husband would be demanding gold chapatis um, but you know there's a pressure you got there's a pressure yeah sort the lunches and the dinners and make sure they're healthy and you know uh, the fact that grocery has to be cleaned so much and the house has to be clean and the laundry has to... so you know those things are there i mean everyone's doing them but uh, it's it's a lot like even f- i love a lot but this is a lot yeah and i would love I, for it to lessen soon i seriously hope that your students uh and your kids in the future will see this and i hope you students see this and i hope everyone on the team also sees this because this is actually now this is this is reality like this yeah. is what people's lives are like like you know you have yeah. a, a, when you're at work you're in a different environment altogether but when you're yeah. working from home also you have all these new persons everyone's in it you know yeah. and all the more reason for people to accept the fact that okay it's and and i think in in our position more so in yours also that transferring of hats is just ridiculous that pace has to happen and also yeah. with your students now i can only imagine i always i actually like drawing parallels uh with 
students with with university students and times of recessions because you you i automatic for me personally i automatically start looking uh, or start admiring those people who uh, entered the workforce at a time of recession or graduated at a time of recession or have experienced a recession because that's when you see okay that's make yeah. or break time for them that's when they go from uh, yeah. You know, as Michael Jordan says, that's when I go from become. That's when I went from being Mike Jordan to Michael Jordan. Like you hit that next phase in your life, and you grow up all level of a sudden up. and level up, yeah. And that's again like when you have to start thriving or start or start seeking opportunities to thrive, because you have to be yeah. really uncomfortable in that position. So, but you know, when, isn't it isn't it a, a game of emotional intelligence, Asad? Knowing what you feel, why you feel, how to deal with it. and why it's important to deal with it in a certain time frame i mean to me it boils down to the fact that we don't teach and talk about this enough we don't tell people that if they're demotivated it's not because they're stupid or because something great has to happen or whatever it's because the the wiring inside is done a certain way and that could be just consequence of how your life has been but that doesn't mean you can't change the wiring right It, yeah. you change the way you very deliberately and initially you had asked me about grit and things and i i think it's not a big deal it's about choosing to be a person of grit you know you you stand at a fork in the road saying you know what i just can't i think maybe i could give up and then you have to have that voice in your head which says you don't give up you can't give up giving up is not an option so then you start walking and when you start walking that himmat comes there's this thing my mom used to say which i found so um weird when i was a kid it said something like an urdu phrase like himmat himmat marda nahi madad e khuda something yeah 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 that one himmat e marda madad e khuda is that it so yeah 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 so i don't know it has mard in it it should say insaan but um <laughs> so we can get a new one yeah but um, no honestly so you take yeah, one yeah. step and then the rest gets easy because you start feeling confident and cool about yourself that's what it is yeah mhm and this is where i think that um i think we could go on and on also and talk about how to cope with pressure how to deal with pressure also but let's not get into that conversation actually that's something that's yeah. more behind the scenes of backspace kind of conversation <laughs> or <laughs> and for the, and for everyone actually we, but we will have we have those. We, we will have more of those, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, what do you say um, as as a final note to this con- COVID um, convent? What I was saying, COVID part of the conversation. Uh, what do you? What is that um, one piece of advice that you would give to students who are about to graduate or who are still studying and have to start thinking about their life after university? I think they should set short term goals. and they should just go from one goal to the other goal like one day when they're feeling very focused and serious about their life they should sit down and they should set short term goals like right now i am enrolled in six classes for these six classes this is the advantage these six classes are going to give me mm-hmm. maybe one not so important to me so maybe i could put it on the back burner but still do well but the others these i really need these these are these are skills and things i go, i have to learn to to do well in the world because they come with my craft mm-hmm. just set those goals you know and for those times push yourself don't think you're so fragile that you're going to break because you're not going to break we don't break so easily human beings are you know 
which is why I said Russian literature. You you gotta look. That's why you gotta read because if you read or you hear stories, you realize that oh wow, people do this, and I'm struggling with this. You know that constant reminder, and and that makes. I know it makes young people anxious. They oh my god, I have so much pressure. It's just a mindset. And if you read, write them down, stick them up on the wall, or put them on a mirror or something. Look at them when you're done with them. Tick them off. Get that pleasure of you know taking something off. Write a new goal and go from you know step to step. and you'll get through it the the year would end your your semester would end and then new things will happen and i think you know it's that karma thing and when they do it good things start will start to happen and they'll feel yeah. really good about themselves too you know that they got this they got through this so well yeah that's my advice to them interesting and also nice to hear i think that that's also something that people should uh, should keep reminding themselves regardless of which part of your life you're in not just if you're a student um, yeah So again, now let's actually talk about work right now. Um, we've got five things to do uh, after this call, anyways. But that's not the work that I mean. I mean the the things that is pertaining to our industry. Um, you've been a communicator far longer than uh, anyone I know in my own personal network, also, and you have that. You've been exposed to to very different areas. of the business of the industry itself so what is that yeah. area that you feel uh needs to change the most i for example and like let, let me elaborate a little bit in this uh just okay. so i can clear up my own thoughts for me backspace is is that world um i don't look at competition outside i don't look at other c- c- competing uh, businesses uh and i don't look at that as a client rush to pick up as many clients as possible and to like you know get everyone's money and to do pitches yeah. and to ne- i don't see that i just see yeah. it as okay this is what we're doing this is what i'm doing this is what i want to do to the best of my abilities this is what i would like my team to also be pushed towards doing as well um and just mm-hmm. keep doing work that matters for people who care like that seth godin quote is all that i see do work that matters for people who care you on the other hand have been on the have been uh employed in this sector you've then been nothing shy of having your own agency also to now having your own agency and having your own startup in this sector so what do you feel really needs to change in this industry well that's a very broad question asad um i think if we have more conscientious purpose driven people you know or projects in advertising which is what my reason for teaching is i want people to understand that advertising is a tool it is a super power that you get and through that while selling something or riding on a brand or riding on the wings of something very which has you know money to be seen you can also influence mindset positively that is my that is the crux of it for example i i like sharing things in class with my students where brands have gone beyond you know their selling of xyz product version of that product you know this that uh, you know took brand recall top of mind and all of that and they have gotten into the fact that 
they've they've tried to so it was i know it's for selling but what it also does is for example png proud sponsor of moms so many ads made on those you know moments where a mother um you know connects to her child or or does things for her child which only a mother would do from world over and putting those into a show reel and putting them there any mother who sees it feels encouraged appreciated understood part of a clan it builds her up right while png and pampers benefit but i think advertising and and our industry there there not enough people who are thinking like that and i really want that you know kids who who think about these things go into advertising so like the the world of advertising and then come up with such messages and then use that amazing power to because brands will not be able to do this forever i think the lockdown has shown us that you know consumer mindset and this very material and capitalist you know world crumbles really fast and now the brands who are standing out are the ones who you know they they seem more human and they're talking about caring for each other or they're talking about those very cool insights like you know how if you you have grandparents you know you should find a way to connect with them if you can't visit and things like that so so those human connections that actually matter can be revived preserved encouraged through the platform of advertising and and every brand would love that any brand would love that you try to tell i think recently locally there was this campaign by can baby and i think it was done by adcom where they kind of attacked this social um, uh, you know this uh, this taboo that there is about um, the the mother who works does not care enough for a child and there is one old lady who's talking about ke she to chali jati hai ye to ye ghar mein khana bhi nahi is that and then somebody defends her somebody says she doesn't do this you know she doesn't mean she cares less for her baby and it's a pampers ad i mean it's a can baby or whatever ad but they attack they they did the two chidiya one patthar thing mm-hmm. and and more and more brands are realizing this and they're doing it and that will help us because your masses are watching you know they're watching the kenwood ads where the ma- man who's sitting in the middle of his friends and who i think it was an indian actor but he's sitting with um, nawazuddin all the ads with him in it and he he says ki maine dhulai kar di apni biwi ki and his friend said kya haath uthaya aapne and he said ha so he's basically showing off that he hit his wife hmm. which is a thing people do here but they don't do it they just seem to do it right they're just pretending to be macho and so the when the when the friends tease him they he kind of jumps up and he says okay he thinks his wife is there behind him and he's like you know startled and so they've used humor and all of that and they've sold their ac but basically they've also addressed something so these are the things that i think the industry completely needs to start doing like tomorrow today there there's no yeah. need to delay it it's interesting how you say this because i don't um, know if that answers your question no it does it actually does because it's it's very interesting how you say this because we've spoken about uh you and i've spoken about how it's a it's a high time for brands to communicate and it's a high, it's the high time for companies to communicate and to put out that right message and to actually show what they believe in and to communicate to their consumers to their audience to anyone that who they have to talk to but mm. I was out on a ride today uh, on a bike ride and I heard this podcast from HBR Idea Cast. It's titled How Marketers Can Drive Social Change and Profits. 
and it features uh, Miriam Sidibe, who's a senior fellow at Harvard Kennedy School uh, and is also um, part of Unilever. And she's okay. worked on Lifebuoy. And uh, she's, uh, she mentioned that um, it's her, her goal has always been, and she's, she had a doctorate in, health, in the healthcare sector and how she's, she thought about passing on information to the masses. And she realized, that, okay, maybe I need to attach myself to a big brand that has that influence because brands have always, um, uh, I'm taking this a little way from like, like social, uh, from a social context, but like brands have always been focused on passing on something related to hygiene, like washing your hands as well. Right. So Unilever and Lifebuoy um, have the impact. She basically mentions the impact that she was able to make because of attaching herself to a big company and then also leading that marketing yeah. campaign especially now is that now is not the argument to wash your hands with life boy, because that gives 99% of the germs. The objective is to wash your hands period. Yeah. And that's because of the efforts that she's managed to bring in uh, from a marketing perspective into the, into like fast moving consumer goods. Mm. So it's actually really interesting. You say that because I think that now if companies in Pakistan if aren't thinking along those lines, it's this next generation, it's our generation that's actually going to be able to bring about that positive change as are having these conversations. Sean had that campaign and also said, recently. Said, you know how you and I are always um, figuring out for, for work. We're figuring out uh, which algorithm works better, what content did well, why on, on Instagram and even Instagram and Facebook and even the communities online are very, very sharp about figuring this out. Nobody wants to be advertised to. Nobody wants to know because they already know the things they want to know. Most people don't need those ads anyway. They don't, they find ads annoying, which is pretty obvious by the skip ad phenomena. So it has to stand for something and I think most brands want to stand for something and it is up to creative minds to actually figure that out it's they, they probably even do stand for something they just don't know how to structure it into a three-year five-year ten-year twenty-year you know sort of positioning and communication strategy and all of that uh, they would love for somebody to come and say that let's take this bigger and more human and because that will probably sell better in, in today's media. It will sell better. It will, you know, so interestingly, advertising was, was only the history of advertising. It was only created for giving people choice. And now mm-hmm. um, all the arrows point in the other direction. It is the consumer doesn't want choice. They choose what they want to see. So it has flipped completely. So I think as soon as we can get off this, top best and all of that we should we really should do that yeah yeah so i have a um a bit of a selfish question also to ask you is that uh based on all these conversations around insights and um uh, consumer preferences and trends also that we're trying to spot and analyze what got you to also what got you to believe in the concept of the summit that we're doing well, one, that you were passionate about it, because I love that. I think if someone is so, so gung-ho about something, I'm just going to help them do it. Uh, especially if it's someone like you, you know, would have thought it through. Uh, secondly, I completely agree with those um, 
well i agree with the fact that there needs to be a conversation and i agree with the pillars you picked up um mindset is everything your whole life is your mindset it is influenced and run and directed and designed by your mindset so mindset needs much more thought we have to think about how we think i say that and i wish i could figure out time and write a book on it or something i have a lot to say on that subject and we will do that when we do the summit um innovation is a buzzword that kind of irritates me a little bit and i even told you that i have a bit of a a piece to it seen so much yeah you know you've seen so much of it and you've there's been like 16000 conferences on innovation in karachi and you you just i don't know it doesn't excite me the same way but i think that the way we translated it when we discussed it in detail was that there is this element of jugaad in pakistan that you know um on even in very high corporate level meetings there is some one who's thinking like what they call a jugaadu and so they come up with these really cool hybrid solutions so yeah it involves creativity and it's a good it, it is needed very very much um especially here where the landscape has a lot of traditional things happening but then there's also cool creative startup stuff happening so so yeah and then there is communication which i don't need to explain um you know it's kind of attached to my name and what i do uh and sustainability again a word that i shy away from because i don't know why communication and sustainability had to be such long words you know why could even short words like you know like, like syllables or four letters yeah, like that like thrive i love the word thrive i feel like you say thrive and it means you know it hits you like and so right. anyway this um sustainability for want of a better word is a huge serious concern right now because there is this whole you know global conversation happening about ab kya hoga new normal kya hoga you know have we done this to the planet is this going to keep happening and the kind of economic sort of you know damage that has happened we've got to rethink our ways so let's come up with better solutions smarter ways um so yeah it's very pertinent to to what's happening so yes um that's why i believe in it and also i feel like you know asad you and i have conversations with such interesting people in meetings and otherwise because we love to have them and we together know so many interesting building projects and i feel it's important so as camera shy as i may be uh, i think it's a responsibility we have so we should do the summit you have my full support but you're and doing great so far right now with the camera so i think that I that part is cleared so i'm trying how, how, to look at myself i'm just looking at you now yeah I I I try to make sure that I'm looking at myself so I'm not in some weird like posture position and like you know start curling my back up too much but yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> No but uh, how how do you like this experience so far this behind the grind uh, aura that I'm trying to create right now Kaisa diya It's interesting so when I watch when I watch other people's behind the grinds I keep wondering how it feels to talk about yourself for so long uh So yeah I I'm now that I'm doing that and if I see this up I will figure it out maybe this is new awesome. for me Yeah yeah So um let's uh, let's wrap this one up actually again I think that this has yeah. been a pretty pretty great conversation not just about yourself um but also about your your outlook as well what you what you're receiving what you're reflecting out as well that's always great to hear 
um thank you so much for coming on thank you so much for sharing what you've shared when are we doing a behind the grind about you we'll see that as it comes like i'm not too i i'm i'm secretly waiting for that i'm secretly waiting for like not even a behind the grind podcast but like a documentary on myself but that's the narcissist in me since huh? we're recording this um i am going to um announce that we're going to do a backspace podcast and it will start with a focus on you we will do one about you which will be about asadash malik okay now remember this by the way since this goes up on like on social media and it's documented it's documented now there's no there's no there's no take backs i am all for it Honest. i will ask so many questions done we'll do it we'll do it <laughs> all right done, but done. As, as a final question again if you could and i like i ask this question to everyone who comes on the show if you could go back in time and you could meet mm-hmm. your childhood self uh what would you yeah. tell <laughs> i don't know i don't know uh so the only thing that comes to mind is that each of us was no no yeah well it was close to that uh it was that um please believe the fact that uh, it's really really hard to not get fat because that has always been one of my fears in life and when i hit 30 i realized why it's such a big issue and why older people get fat and i could tell myself that you know what it's going to happen to you and you better figure this thing out figure this big thing out yeah because i think the the denial it just took me forever you know so maybe maybe i would be if i had a time machine maybe i would be fitter right now if i could tell myself that this fat you know going fat thing actually happens is not just people who eat like 16 mcdonald burgers in a day it's just slow metabolism and stuff but again you know what hang out with people like you with bilal with ali everyone like is just like way older than me and i just keep one thing that's common amongst everyone like all of you guys especially is health and that's what makes me shit my pants the most also is that okay, how bad is my health going to become like i i do not want to end up pre diabetic or have like some lung issue or any of that i don't want to lose my hair i don't i don't care if i gain a little weight i just don't want to lose my hair <laughs> none of that <laughs> so these things happen right these things happen i'm losing it i mean these things have it is it's it's a scary thing and then the denial bit of it you know that you just you don't you don't want to believe it's happening like that yeah yeah but once again nagid thank you so much thanks for doing this i know the kids are uh, either the kids might be stopped. awake no they're asleep great great but um everybody nice. say thank you again uh everybody hope you enjoyed this uh that was nagin ansari from uh the ceo of backspace and also a group head at ethica capital double the mall from nagin ansari thank you guys for listening uh in the next episode 
we don't know who's going to be there but it's going to be a solid banger as well um and if you made it this far then tune in to our website backspace.works www.backspace.works for our summit our first virtual summit called mics on which is around mindset innovation communication and sustainability and also as nagin announced it backspace's own podcast coming out soon coming to a channel near you till the next one peace out everybody bye bye